This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with <laughs> Wilts Contrer, IT expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. We are hoping to have Jeremy Thompson along at some point. He was hot to trot about. Does anybody say that anymore? No one says that anymore. That's a weird. Why did I say that? Hey, Jay White says that. I guess so. Uh, he was uh, fired up. How about that? Uh, he was yeah. he was fired up about uh, a topic. So uh, hopefully uh, uh, everything is on the up and up, and we'll get him in here soon. But uh, Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio show about consumer technology, and it's very own I, uh, personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy will help you fix it, and we'll also help you keep it safe. And both can actually do either. So we're in good hands either way. Want to hear from you this morning? Got any tech problems? issues or questions or do you have a story or experience to share call everyday tech today the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four wilts what's going on how you been over the last week oh man pretty good just been uh you know keeping my head above water especially <laughs> with all this rain um yeah, really. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Just you know, following up on our conversations from last week, just continuing the um, the learning on what all happened with the the whole pipeline ransomware. Seeing a whole bunch more more things going on. The interesting one, I think, is uh, Ireland's healthcare system has uh. has been hit as well. And basically, their reply was, "We're not play- we're not paying no stinking ransom." So wow. Uh, Honestly, I was very glad to see that because you know, it, it's just one of those things. The more we pay it, the more we negotiate with these digital terrorists, yeah. the more they're like, oh, we're going to get paid. We're going to keep on doing it. Well, it was interesting. Uh, the, the group that, that uh, hijacked the, the Colonial Pipeline, I noticed that they put out some sort of messaging that said that we didn't do this to cause any kind of social disruption. We just do this to make money. Uh, so, oh, okay, well, that's, that's cool, right? That's a good excuse. Yeah, guess what? Every time you do it, you're causing a social disruption. It affects every one of us every time this happens. And, you know, um, it doesn't matter if it's the pipeline or if it's the mom and pop down the street, it's affecting us socially because, you know, when you're impacting the businesses, you're impacting the business customers. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I... I, I I failed to ask you um, last week a question about that situation and how you can avoid it, at least in, in, in this regard, coming at it from this angle. Is there a way, and I'll use an example, um, if you're familiar, and our listeners, if you're familiar with the Max Headroom uh, incident that happened to WGN television in the mid-1980s, basically somebody hijacked WGN's signal and started um, um, broadcasting kind of a, well, they started with WGN Signal and started broadcasting some sort of lewd video that they had produced or something like that. And WGN had uh, towers on top. Uh, Their broadcast signal was shot from atop the Sears Tower in Chicago, or the Willis Towers, it's called now. And they have a auxiliary broadcasting tower. And basically what they did is switched from one to the other. 
and that the the signal that was being hijacked was the one on top of the Willis Tower. So they fixed it, um, not before some of it got on the air, and then uh, the hijackers went and hijacked the public television station in Chicago, who didn't have the ability to switch from one uh, broadcast um, uh, outlet to another. I that all that set up to say, is there a way that without it being too expensive or too much trouble, is there a way that you could set up like an auxiliary network for the place that you work at without it being too big of a deal? You know, where if somebody just tries to, you know, ransomware hijack you like this, that you could basically just switch your network from one spot to the other. Or am I th- well, is that way too your, simple in theory? Yeah. I mean, you got to remember what they're attacking is your data. So the only way to do that is to put your data in two locations um, in essence, we already do that with backups. The, the thing you have to remember is that when it comes to backups, uh, this is whether it's, you know, at your business or even your home computer, um, kind of a, a pain in the tail when it comes to that. I think people should be backing up their home computer. Most people are like, oh, I don't have anything on there until they lose everything. Um, yeah. But, but your problem with a lot of this ransomware is it's going to attack the backups as well. It's network aware. So if you have a second one, if you don't have that second item, what we call basically air-gapped, where you cannot just freely reach it, um, it's going to be exposed as well. So that's why we we have things, for example, there's a um, – on my backups at work, for example, there's a lock on them that for so many days they cannot be overwritten, even by me, which gives me protection that you know a ransomware infection hopefully would not be able to get through that. Um, and worst case scenario, I get hit and I just restore those locked up backups. Um, you know, for people at home, I've usually recommended, I think, uh, Jeremy has said this as well, you know, perform a backup and then unplug it. I mean, there's a lot to be said for keeping one plugged up and you're backing up constantly, but every now and then have, have a drive where you back it up and then unplug it because, uh, it's not going to jump through the air. We don't have wireless in that regard yet. (laughs) Yet. Um, but, but yeah, and, and you know, the preventative, it still goes down to the, to the very basics. Just be careful what you're doing online. I mean, clicking, you know, a majority of these infections are coming through email. There's somebody clicking on something that they really never should have clicked on before. So so still your biggest defense is to not get infected in the first place. But, but I mean, there are tools you can put in place. Um, as far as for duplicating the network, you know, maybe at, at a home scale, that would be one thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that through in mind and knowing exactly what all is involved in my network and to actually go from A to B um, would be a rather <laughs> expensive, as in seven, possibly eight-digit adventure. So ah, that, um, make, that makes it not worth it. Yeah, and then on top of that, you got to actually – then it would, it would also double the maintenance because you'd have to maintain and um, – yeah, so, I mean, really, your biggest thing to really think about in this – in my opinion, is your backup scenario because that's that's ultimately what it's there for. Um, by paying attention to your backups, by making sure, you know, the equipment's not the expendium. You know, um, myself and our um, accounting supervisor were talking this morning. It's not the equipment that sits, you know, either at your desk in your office in a server room. The equipment's not the expensive part, and you can replace that. You know, worst case scenario, that can be replaced. The data on it may just be irreplaceable. It may be priceless. You may be able to recreate it, but yeah. it all depends on your backup strategy. So so your bigger, in my opinion, your bigger strategy in that regard, besides not getting infected in the first place, is to make sure you, you come up with a good backup strategy. Again, whether this is at your house, um, at your business, or what have you, backup is your friend and, and for, for these situations. That's the only way these businesses are restoring is they are having to come from backup. They're either coming from backup or they're rebuilding it from scratch. I mean, yeah. that's that's really that's your two options. Or you pay money to digital terrorists, right? And then on top of that, you got to think about it. They are uh, they are digital criminals. Are you going to really trust them once you give them the money to not just reinfect you in another month, or will they really unlock it? Um, you know, they're criminals. I mean, let's just call them what they are. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Even though they weren't trying to do social disruption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, not but- at all. I mean, and, and, and the people, and I can't, uh, the, the name escapes me of the group now, and they've uh, allegedly disbanded. But the group that created the program that caused all the mess for the Colonial Pipeline, 
um, they are not a executor of their programs. They are just a builder of the programs and they sell them to, uh, to end users, so to speak. So, but the thing is, from what I understand, uh, the, the makers of the program got $5 million out of all of that. Five million. Mm-hmm. And that seemed, whoa, I mean, like, that's way, that seems like they could have, well, anyway. <laughs> they wanted a hundred million. So I guess, yeah, they got a discount. They must have had a coupon or something. Must be, must have been. Uh, okay, uh, 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. Going to go to the phones in just a second. Um, amongst some of the stories that we have today, as I mentioned in the billboard, Amazon is in talks to buy MGM for $9 billion. Uh, AT&T is merging Warner Media with Discovery to create a new media giant. So lots of uh, TV, movie, streaming stuff going on. That world is moving and, and continually continuing to evolve. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, uh, Google is reinventing Docs to fight a new uh, two-front war. I'm interested in that. I use Docs almost all the time. Uh, Spotify and YouTube Music will bring much-needed offline music listening to Google's Wear watches. Uh, and I think I read in a story just this morning that Deezer has actually beat everybody to the punch with that. Uh, and speaking of, um, there's going to be uh, a, a merging of Google and Android's um, attempts at uh, you know phone operate not phone operating systems but watch operating systems so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the future and the BlackBerry keyboard lives on in a new Android phone. Will Simi, do you would you would you care to have a phone with a black a BlackBerry keyboard BlackBerry BlackBerry ish keyboard? Uh, I might not make as many typos as I do currently, <laughs> uh, but. Um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of the touch screen. I've kind of, you know, I had a BlackBerry back in the day, and uh, it was great and all, but I've moved on. Um, although I do know quite a few users that would absolutely love having that back. For me, I like having the extra screen space. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's start with Roz in Clinton. Roz, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning, sir. Um, I was... If you could tell me about the VPN, I'd like, I think I should use one in my business, and I just don't understand how they actually work. Well, uh, a VPN is essentially used for creating a private, or as we refer to it, an encrypted tunnel between point A and point B. So what it would, uh, for example, in my office, what I would use, what I use a VPN for is when I'm at the house and I need to securely and remotely connect back to my business systems, I will actually initiate a VPN or that private tunnel so that I can talk securely from my house back here to my business um, without somebody else interrupting my communications. Some folks will use this um, for other things such as, yeah, you may have an opportunity for a secure tunnel between you and a financial institution, but that would depend on that particular institution. But in, in my usage, a lot of it is just really for remote access. Now, if you're if all of your business dealings are inside of your business, say inside of your office, a, a VPN may not come in as handy for you because it's really meant for external communications. Essentially what it does is imagine you're in a crowded room uh, a whole bunch of people are talking all at once, but you are wanting to have a private conversation with the person standing next to you that no one else can hear. A VPN would basically be like putting a tube from you know your mouth to their ear and back and forth and to where nobody else could actually hear what you're saying. That's what it does, but it does that across the Internet where everybody else could be listening. It makes it to where it's a one-on-one conversation. Does that make it make a little bit better sense? Yes, it does. Uh, thank you. And so my question is, I I have an accounting business, and I would like to work outside of my home some places. I go to the coffee shop maybe and get on to my information, but, but I feel like that's not safe if I'm looking at people's financial information. And so would a VPN help me out there? Yes, it would. Absolutely. That That is what you're describing. That is... 
the, uh, the, the textbook, I guess you could say, the textbook scenario for using a VPN is exactly for that, is for that secure communication um, back so that you're, you are protecting that data. So that way when you are viewing, you know, their uh, income statements, balance sheets, et cetera, that no one else, somebody else sitting in that coffee shop, the, uh, the kid at the table next door, you know, right next to you is not able to view that same information because, quite honestly, if you're not utilizing a VPN between you and back to your house, um, the kid sitting next to you in the table, they could potentially see that information. So you're definitely on the right track even thinking that way. If more people would think that way, we'd all be a lot better off. Do and I there need are one quite in my home then, VPN too, really? Or... Pardon? Do I need one at my home then? Like I work at home and I have my internet all hooked up here. Should I be using a VPN here too, just for safety? Um, at home, it wouldn't do. It wouldn't really do anything for you. This is mostly for when you're traversing, when you're going over, over the internet. Your okay. at-home communications are essentially encapsulated. Somebody, you know, you would know yes. if somebody's sitting in your living room trying to look at your info for you. Okay, so I just have one more, another or two questions about. It. So if I moved all my information to an office where they provide internet service for the whole office, is it? It's a shared office. Then definitely, I should mm -hmm. be on a VPN in the same situation. So it's kind of like going to the coffee shop. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And exactly. what do you recommend for VPN? Well, like um, in that services. office. Yeah, in the office scenario you're talking about, they're going to more than likely have a piece of hardware that would do that. That's how we actually do that up um, up at our office. We actually have a hardware appliance, and there's a software program that we run, and that's how we we link everyone in. For at home, you know, um, and I wish we had Jeremy on here because he has better recommendations on this because it's different from what I normally use. Um, I will probably, to be honest, have to get back with you and mention some products. I don't really have one off the top of my head that I would recommend. Again, I use a hardware, I use a hardware device, but that's a more business device. You, um, you wouldn't necessarily want that at the house because it'd be uh, cost restrictive. But I will figure out and let you all know a, a, a good home VPN solution. And there are several, and they vary in price. And some even offer free. Uh, and I don't know, you know. They, I'm nervous about the freeze, Jay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say no to a free, but they do get me a little bit nervous because I'm like, why are you giving me this for free? But, yeah, I, I just uh, – honestly, I wouldn't want to just spit out a name and point you somewhere without looking into a little bit more. Um, I, I've tried a free one before, and it seemed to me that the advantage for them to giving you free um, is basically you get a trial of their pro version. And uh, once that trial goes away, the different options you have of where you can mask your IP is rather restricted. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, it's it's basically kind of something that shows you their pro version, and then after a while, it kind of uh, it, it shows you what their product can do, and then kind of gives you the opportunity to to look at that specifically, I guess. Uh, yeah, um, and, and that's what a lot of you know, like for example, um, one that I do hear quite a few people talk about, one that I think is is. Uh, one of your more secure ones is one called ExpressVPN. And, for example, they'll give you three months free um, as long as you do a 12-month plan with them. Um, another one would be one called NordVPN, N-O-R-D, yeah. VPN. And they're they're also highly encrypted. Those, those are two very reputable ones. Um, I'm not really sure what some of their prices are, though, because... Yeah, I'm thinking Nord, I mean, is, Nord is one of the, the, I mean, from a brand name, uh, from, the, from, the, from the recognition of brand name is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Nord mm -hmm. is probably number one out there, one of the very tip-top. So, yeah, and here's one of the really crazy things from my business... Uh, I'm sitting at, at the office right now. I'm not actually able to visit these VPN websites because um, my web filtering blocks them. <laughs> so, you know, when I got uh, when I when I got the uh, fiber from C Spire um, for the first while, it would it it blocked access to anything that said VPN until I had to kind of go in there and and 
manually fidgetle with all of that until we got it right. So well, without go. being too, without getting too too nerdy, because I'm sure folks don't want to hear me get too nerdy, but there are actually reasons why we actually block those particular sites because, well. Like I said, we use a, um, a hardware device. We're using it from more of a business standpoint. And what we would not want to happen is a malicious person inside of our inside of our business able to do this and hide from us because we actually do have to be able to inspect all the traffic on our system. So we block VPNs from a business standpoint. So um, that's sometimes the reason at some hotels you'll go to, they've mostly stopped doing this. But you'll notice you have the free Internet. Mm-hmm. And then you have the pay internet. And it used to be that the reason you were having to pay instead of using the free is if you wanted to use a business VPN, you had to use that one because it was um, a different different traffic class, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, and I think, too, um, it's it's in the business or it's in the best interest of a lot of uh, VPN providers or, excuse me, uh, uh, Internet providers that um, they are guarded about what people are using VPNs for, because I mean, look, there was, you know, one of the, one of the biggest commercial reasons or retail reasons I should say of use for VPN is like, uh, you know, soccer fans trying to find places to, to stream games of their favorite teams online, NFL fans too, Uh, you know, because in your, hometown, your local television station is just going to stream one game. Um, so if you're not a fan of that that local area team, you want to watch your team play and they're on another side of the country or something like that, then, you know, you got to try to find a place that's going to stream that. And a lot of times you spoof your IP into another area and you know, where, you're black, where games are blacked out. Now, this is another example, like Braves games are always – uh, when when they're not uh, Braves games that come on ESPN, let's say, or Major League Baseball Network, even though Atlanta is an eight-hour drive from Jackson, Jackson is in the Atlanta Braves TV market territory. So when the Braves play national TV games, the games are blacked out in Jackson, even though it's an eight-hour drive to the Braves stadium. That's how archaic MLB works with all their stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other show that we already canceled yeah. but but you know people can spoof their ip and then you know it's it sees you as being in texas or something like that which is another territory and then it says okay well you're cool to watch braves games here a lot of people do that with their phones and things like that and they could stream things uh what a big thing was a wwe network uh wwe wrestling uh company had their own streaming platform they recently sold theirs to nbc and peacock moved all of that over there and evidently it broke it broke a lot of the service <laughs> uh nbc censored a lot of the the content which i mean it's pro wrestling so it basically censored everything before about 5 years ago <laughs> and pretty much yeah, the attitude error is gone yeah and so everybody that you know had the wwe network it's it's just the switch to peacock ha- happened just in the united states so WWE Network is available everywhere else in the world. And so a lot of Americans who liked the old network as opposed to the Peacock thing are, you know, spoofing their IP with a VPN to use the WWE Network, even though it's not supposed to be commercially available to people in the United States. So that was a long rabbit trail to explain how some people are using VPN for not necessarily the on the up and up type of ways. Ross, thanks yeah. for the call in Clinton. We got to sneak a break in here. I'm about 15 minutes behind taking a break. Robert and Gaucher, hang on tight. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back from this quick timeout. 877-MPB-RING is the number 877-672-7464. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. Right back to it, as promised, going to go to Robert Ngochet, who's been patient with us this morning. Robert, thanks for calling in. What's going on? Well, I, I've heard on the news that when they had that the malware on the pipeline, that it didn't actually affect the pumping or the, the availability or the distribution of the product of the pipeline at all. It only affected the billing section of the company and that they shut down the pipeline completely because they were afraid that they would uh, not get paid after they dispensed their the gasoline or whatever. And that the... Uh, I can believe so that. They, so they basically shut off gasoline to most of the East Coast, uh, not because it you know, of any danger or any damage, potential damage to the equipment or anything, but just because they were afraid of losing some money. I totally believe that. I I believe that a hundred percent. And look, on top of that, uh, you had um, the, the rush of people buying it up, panic buying, which, which created more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't have my words today. Evidently, good for a person talking on the radio. Well, it created more even, demand. Even in places where the pipeline didn't go, people were buying up all the gas. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it, it shot demand way up. And uh, and look again, if if five million dollars, which is what I'm reading, if five million dollars is all these people had to pay for a pipeline that basically services all the Atlantic Seaboard, five million. I mean, like they're planning, like I'm not saying that Colonial planned this, but I'm not saying that they're already planning the next one. You know what I'm saying, Robert? You would think that a company that size would have proper backups and and safeguards in place. Yeah. But like I said, maybe they do on the operations side. Yeah. But the administrative side, you know, they apparently did not. Well, yeah, but I understand what you're saying. They're going to protect themselves, no doubt, before anybody else. They, well, they, my they were, thing is like, they, but they made it sound like, oh, we're being attacked, and you know, we got to shut the system down because you know the you know we got this malware on our pipeline, and in all actuality, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the pipeline itself. They were just worried they weren't going to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. So so their accounting system might have went down, but, I mean, I guess they forgot how to use a pen and paper, you know. Or, you know I, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Ultimate backup system. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Robert, we and, appreciate hey, the call this morning. No putting gas in plastic bags. I mean, come on. No. Let's, let's make sure we get that out there. Plastic bags, containers, storage containers. Uh, yeah. I mean, the shortage I'm more concerned about is the Chick Fil A sauce shortage. I mean, that's that one. That one's impacting me a lot bigger right now. Is that a thing? I need my Polynesian. Is that a thing? That's really a thing. It really is a thing. They're, they they've had a little bit of a hiccup with supplier, from what I understand. And oh, here comes you know, Java. Uh, Java's got something to say about this. Oh yeah, here we go. Come on. Yeah, to keep it to keep it techish. Um, you know, well, our family is a, is are some Chick Fil A people, and then once you open the app. 
it hits you with like a like a warning. Bar. Hey, look! It lets it lets you know right before you go any further. As soon as you open the app, <laughs> just so you know, certain <laughs> items may not be available at all locations. Yeah, and I've seen that at other places. The first time it hit me, Jay, I was I was devastated because I was like, "What are you talking? Oh. What, it doesn't tell you which specific items, yeah. which locations." We ain't gonna volunteer that information now. <laughs> but I'm just like, wait a minute. So if I order these this thirty count. I'm I'm, going to get a 29 count. Like, come on, talk to me. Yeah. Now, look, you know, they started in the the last couple of years, they started selling their sauces retail in in supermarkets. So I've got one of these gigantic bottles of Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce sitting in my refrigerator. I mean, can I redistribute this at an increased cost? Is that what you're telling me right now? Hey, let's uh, let's talk offline. Okay. Talk offline, right? (laughs) I have, I have something to talk to you about. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll work out something. Yeah. I'll trade you this big old four by eight sheet of plywood. Right. Uh, look, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Look, I, this is going to be two pro wrestling references in one show. So this is probably the last one. Uh, it was a good run, everybody. But somebody, I saw a, a meme, had a picture of the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who used to carry a two-by-four with him to the ring as a prop. And it said it was some, some sort of reference to who's the real million-dollar man now. That Hacksaw is worth more True. than the million-dollar man because of his lumber owning. Anyway, it had to be there. All right. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877-672-7464. How about this, Wilts? Amazon is in talks to buy MGM for... $9 billion. Now, before we dig into this story, what are your thoughts on, it seems like the more we go along, the more three or four specific companies are buying up all of our content. And we're consolidating content, consolidating content, or at least consolidating platforms for sure. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I know there are pros and cons to it. But ultimately, is this a good thing or a bad thing in your mind? Me personally, I'm really kind of not liking it. It's like, you know, um, it, it's almost like things are going through, like, through this cycle. I mean, at one point, you know, I mean, I, I think we've mentioned it before. It's like I have direct TV at the house. That's, that's like my only real option out there. And and I'm sure just like some other people, every now and then I'll turn on a channel. I'll turn on, you know, channel three or 16 or something. Due to our negotiations, we're no longer able to provide you this, that, you know. So we've seen the whole packaging and the negotiations fall out. And, and now you got YouTube TV and Roku are fighting. So now you can't get YouTube TV on the Roku devices. And, and you know, it's really kind of getting to where it's like now. So now I've got to have cable, but I've got to have Netflix. And I've got to have Paramount. And I've got to have Hulu. And it's like. Really, my cable prices are doubling just to get to watch the same kind of stuff that just a few years ago. Yeah, you know, I could watch on one, and I'm kind of it, it's it's um, I don't know this arguing over content. It's like okay, well, you know, Disney's going to pull all their content over here, and then now you know NBC, Paramount, the whole WWE thing. Well, <laughs> um, Jimmy, that one has kind of you know, it's like I like old school wrestling. Yeah, give me a little Jerry Jerry Lawler back in Memphis, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not really a fan. I mean, if it's complimentary, that's one thing. But when you're sitting there saying, I've got to have service X, service Y, service Z, service Q, um, just because I like, you know, there, there's a show that I love to watch right now. They just announced that for the next season, the first four episodes will be on on regular broadcast you know, TV. And from then on, you'll have to go to Paramount+. Plus. So I have to subscribe if I want to continue watching the show that I've been watching for five seasons. Yeah, it's almost like we were talking um, about last segment. It's like a free trial of a show. Yeah, just enough to get you hooked, and then here you have to go and pay for the rest of it. Yeah, and it's—I'll be honest with you, man. It's really—it it is kind of irritating me. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, there was a suggested uh, a story that suggested from the information uh, that. Uh, the range would be between seven and ten billion for a potential deal, and then Variety suggested that nine billion uh, was the amount that MGM was reportedly hoping to get. Uh, between those factors, the fact that MGM has been uh, up for sale since December of last year, and um, 
Let's see. It says uh, the jealousy that comes with the sudden impending existence of a new media giant earlier today as AT&T spins off Warner Media and combines it with Discovery, which is another story I mentioned at the top of the show that we'll get into here in a minute. It'd be very surprising if Amazon and MGM made a deal. The information was slightly less bullish in its report today, though, writing that the status of Amazon's discussions with MGM is unclear and it's possible no deal will result. In December, The Guardian reported that MGM has a library of 4,000 films and 17,000 hours of television. Uh, James Bond, in particular, is one of the most valuable film franchises ever made. And uh, a list that's only growing smaller as the Disney umbrella, as you mentioned, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe swallow as many rivals as it can. MGM holdings include... Uh, um, uh, everything from MGM Studios, MGM Home Entertainment, uh, United Artists, uh, Orion Pictures Corporations, MGM Television, Lightworks Media, um, the uh, movie network Epics. Um, let's see, uh, Filmways, American International Pictures, uh, Samuel Goldwyn Company. Motion Picture Corporation of America, uh, the library between 86 and 96, uh, Interscope Communications, uh, Virgin Films, Island Pictures, there's uh, Castle Rock Entertainment. That's, I mean, <laughs> these are... Uh, Castle Rock, is that, any, is that anywhere near uh, Fraggle Rock? Right. I think it's just down the street. They're twin <laughs> cities. So there's a lot going on there. But it is interesting to see that um, the... The possible um, Warner and Discovery merger that AT&T is spinning off could, and I'm sure it will, and it is interesting that these things happen on the same day, that it could impact the price uh, and or Amazon's um, temperature to get into the market at this point. Because it's not like Amazon's hurting for money without being in the TV market. Um, and they still have their prime video uh, platform. And I wonder aloud how that will be impacted by this. but Or how directly this will involve that. But, yeah, I'm sure that they will take a step back and look to at least see how the industry shakes out uh, by uh, this uh, AT&T merging WarnerMedia with Discovery. So, uh We've got that to talk about when we come back from this next time out. Also, Apple announcing that lossless Apple Music is coming in June and at no added cost. Mm. Interesting. How about that? What you think about that, Jay-Z? It doesn't matter on your $20 headphones. (laughs) True. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's a whole other. Let's take a break. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. This is Everyday Tech on Think Radio. We'll be back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. 
with Wilts. I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. This Wednesday morning, 877-MPB-RINGS. The number 877-672-7464. You can also email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, here we go. This is the, the kind of the, the, the other side of the coin of that story that we were talking about before this last time out. Uh, Amazon talks with MGM. Uh, AT&T is merging Warner Media with Discovery to create a new media giant. Uh, it announced, uh, let's see, this was two days ago. So Monday morning, AT&T announced it's spinning off its media business, Warner Media, and merging it with TV company Discovery, creating a major new player in the media world to compete with firms like Netflix and Disney that are leading the charge in streaming content. The deal will bring a lot of familiar names in the TV and film world under one roof. Warner Media owns HBO, CNN, the Cartoon Network, TBS, TNT, and the Warner Brothers Movie Studio, which is responsible for huge franchises like Harry Potter and Batman. Oh, okay. Discovery operates numerous cable networks, including Home and Garden Television, Animal Planet, the Food Network, and the Learning Channel, or TLC. Both companies also have their own streaming platforms, HBO Max and Discovery Plus. So here's the thing. I, I, this is interesting because you were just talking about how everybody has their own platform now, and to get all of the stuff you want, you're paying for multiple platforms. Um. This may be, uh, this may actually play into consumers' hands right here if they if they somehow or another merge HBO Max and Discovery Plus. However, HBO has always been a premium television option. You've always had to pay to get HBO, and Discovery, as we mentioned, these networks that they have, uh, CNN, uh, Cartoon Network, TBS, TNT or excuse me, uh, HGTV, Animal Planet, Food Network, and TLC, those have always been basic, not basic, but uh, uh, lower-tier cable stations. So you're essentially uh, getting those, not for free, but you're getting those with any kind of you know cable or satellite package you buy. So those... I have an idea. Why don't we take all of those different services and we'll get them to all kind of bundle together and then we'll call it cable TV. <laughs> well, look, man, I remember when I when I first started on this show, one of my major campaigns was telling people that, hey, look, cutting the cord is a good thing right now because cable television and specifically satellite television, which I'd long been a proponent of, was way too expensive. And cutting the cord and getting a streaming platform is way cheaper at this point. But, I mean, and and I've done this publicly on this show. I've had to take that opinion back because all the streaming platforms, not to mention the fact that they've fractured largely, as you mentioned before. And so if you want to get all of the stuff that you like, you're likely paying three and four and five different people. But... The streaming services proper, like a Roku or um, Sling or YouTube TV, which seems to have become the main player in that entity, a, a cable-like, over-the-top streaming platform, their prices have continued to go up and up and up and up and up to the point where the advantage isn't really an advantage anymore. Because when you take into account also... That platforms like um, DirecTV, uh, if you want to buy satellite television, or any of the many different cable platforms, your local cable platform, the fact that those guys have stepped up their game and have now offered basically complete streaming packages, which means you can enjoy all of your... Um, all of your digitally recorded programs, any kind of channel you want that you've paid for, and, and all of that stuff on, on the go, on any mobile device, as well as if you want, you know, a box top set, an old school box top set or something like that, uh, you have the option or both. There's really no advantage anymore to 
you know, streaming services like YouTube TV or something like that. The price difference is difference, and the service provided is essentially negligible at this point. So, I don't know. Actually, I ran the numbers. It would cost me more now to cut to cut the cord to get rid of Directv for me now to be able to watch what I want to watch. Yeah. Even flipping over to saying, you know, like YouTube TV was very high on my list. And then they did that last $20 a month jump. And it's like, okay, well, now you're the same price. So yeah. um, now it's actually gotten to the point it would cost me more to cut the cord. Yeah. Um, that's why I think at some point someone's going to start, you know, you're going to start seeing like, you know, what was it, Disney and Hulu and ESPN are kind of together. You're going to start seeing all these kind of group up together. And all of a sudden you're going to eventually have cable TV as we used to know it again, which is, you know, contracts with, it's where we see the breakdowns right now. Oh, well, you know, negotiations with NBC have broken down over here and Discovery has broken down. So you're losing channel. You know, all something like a direct TV or Comcast is right now is they're just really a conglomeration of all these different contracts with these different services. With the streaming, we're seeing all the services break out. And I think at some point we're going to see them come back together again and turn back into a cable package, which is exactly where we started, but just now adding streaming media. Yeah. Uh, this new company has yet to be named. Um, it will be led by Discovery Chief Executive David uh, Zaslav. Uh, it's, he says, it's super exciting to combine such historic brands, world-class journalism, and iconic franchises under one roof and unlock so much value and opportunity. Uh, with a library of cherished uh, IP, intellectual property, dynamite management teams, and global expertise in every market in the world, we believe everyone wins. Uh, the move is a significant U-turn for AT&T, like that is a U-turn, like U-verse, uh, which first struck a deal to acquire Warner Media, then known as Time Warner, in October of 2016 for $85.4 billion. The acquisition was opposed by the Justice Department, which said it would lead to higher prices for consumers, though some suggested that President Trump's dislike of Warner property CNN was also a factor. Interesting. But after years of wrangling in court, the deal was finally approved in 2018. Now, just three years later, it's being undone. Uh, so, and again, the, the, all of the, the stations and networks and some of the intellectual property include Discovery, uh, Food Network, HDTV, Oprah Station, uh, WB, HBO, CNN, TLC, Sci-Fi, Animal Planet, Cartoon Network, Headline News, Cinemax, uh, Turner Sports, um, Adult Swim, TNT, TBS, uh, Investigation Discovery, and then uh, some of the brands uh, include... Uh, all of the NCAA March Madness stuff, the NHL, which Turner just recently won, the Olympics, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the French Open, um, uh, Sesame Street, Scooby-Doo, Discovery Kids, uh, and uh, a whole lot more. So, as people mentioned, Harry Potter, uh, so and the PGA Tour. So there's a lot going on there in uh, a potential merger between those two. Still time to get your call in right here at the end, 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. The world of television continues to move. All right, here we go. Apple announces lossless Apple Music coming in June and no added cost, which Wilts poo-pooed for his $20 headphones. Or no, was that Java? (laughs) Java. That was Java. Yep. (laughs) So Apple Music is getting two big updates next month. Support for high-quality lossless audio and for uh, spatial audio through Dolby Atmos. But even more surprising, the features will be available for free to all subscribers, including those on family and student plans. The company says it'll have 75 million lossless audio songs in its catalog by the end of the year and 20 million to start. Somebody's going to be busy. Apple has confirmed to The Verge that lossless audio is exclusive to Apple Music and thus subscription only. The company won't offer music purchases in lossless quality, nor will there be any way to upgrade own tracks to lossless with the paid iTunes match service. So any of the songs that you have bought, 
You cannot upgrade those to lossless, nor will they be selling any of the songs in lossless format. That'll still be just normal or regular music. <laughs> That's the only... I get, but, I, but I bet you could buy them again. I bet you they'll let you buy them twice. <laughs> right. To turn on lossless audio, subscribers must run the latest version of Apple Music and can go to settings and then music and then audio quality. There they can opt into different resolutions for different connections like cellular, Wi-Fi, or for download. Uh, Apple Music's lossless audio starts at CD quality. Who uses CDs anymore? Which is 16-bit at 44.1K and goes up to 24-bit at 48K natively on Apple devices. Tops out at 24-bit at 192K for the highest quality, high-resolution lossless experience. There's one major catch. Subscribers will need experimental equipment like a DAC to enjoy it. A digital audio converter, if you want to go up that high, which will be worth it if you buy it. But I'm sure for a lot of people who consume music passively, and it's not like a super-duper passion of theirs, it's just something they enjoy in the background or in free time, not worth it. Not worth it. On your $20 headphones. On your $20 headphones. There will not be much difference between what do we call it regular old quality same old same old quality and your digital lossless but if you're a bit of an audiophile and i hate that term that's a gross sounding term if you're an audiophile it will be very much worth it because for a lot of these others uh, a lot of these other music streaming platforms and what's the one that jay-z started what was the name of it uh title title yes that whole thing was launched specifically to be a premium audio streaming service. This kind of undercuts the whole idea of that thing. Well, Amazon Music is uh, bringing Amazon Music HD. So HD music, whatever that means, for all at no extra wow, cost. Wow, HD. That's high definition, which is a television term. It has nothing to do with music at all. But hey, Google everybody. All right, that's going to do it for us. Stay tuned. Coming up next... <laughs> Coming up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart right here on MPB Think Radio.